0: You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 113. I don't know why it's taken me so long to use this song, My Story by Big Daddy Weave. I mean, I love it, but I guess I just didn't have any one scripture to point to. I mean, the Bible is one big story, right? And so all of that changed for me a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I'll ever listen to this song the same again. If I- work at a Christian school in Louisiana. I'm not a teacher. I'm a marketer. I have the honor to work in administration while the rock star teachers take care of our students. And they take them from a lack of knowledge to understanding year after year. And what's great about working in a Christian school is that we also have the honor of taking students to deeper places of understanding. Through God's word, through prayer, through encouragement, we integrate Bible knowledge and application into every part of the school. But what makes us a Christian school is that the people who work here are Christians, as much as man can discern, not necessarily the students. So even the ones from Christian families, you see, your, your faith in Christ as your Savior is a personal one. So you're not saved because you come from a Christian family. You're not saved because you attended a Christian school any more than you're saved by attending church. I mean, I like to say just because you live in a garage doesn't make you a car. And while we're able to integrate biblical truth every day in the classroom, sometimes it's nice to change the pace and try new things and see if we can get get new results and to see if we can break through Some of the barriers that, honestly, we all put up, but especially students. And that's what happened during our Spiritual Emphasis Week recently. Uh, We mixed it up. We brought in a team to minister to our students. And I had actually heard great things about Rick and Mick and their sessions with our students throughout the week. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend... A lot of their teaching sessions they use entertainment they use laughter and singing and some water guns so i so i heard and um i'll actually link to their ministry page in the show notes it's worth checking them out but one of the great pleasures of my job is to be able to tour around prospective families and sometimes even prospective teachers and so i was on a tour one morning when we slipped into the back of the gym to look around and just listen for a moment and it was at that portion of the presentation that Mick was sharing a portion of his story. And it was a tragedy that occurred just two short years ago when his son died in a hunting accident. You you could have heard a, a pin drop in the gym as he described what happened. You know, even self-centered young people understand understand what a profound loss that it was. And Mick went on to describe his great love for his son and and then told the students as much as he cares for them in their future, because he he cares about the people that he ministers to, but he would not have chosen to sacrifice his son for them. He was his only son. You know, but God, God's love runs so deep for us that he sacrificed his only son to make a way for us to have eternal life with him. So Mick shared his story, and it holds great pain for him and his family. But simultaneously, it tells of great victory as he knows his son knew and loved Jesus. Mick has hope and comfort because he will see his son again. Because of Jesus, Mick's story, though tragic, it's full of hope. And I, I point to David's loss of a child described in 2 Samuel in podcast 97. And uh, again, just though tragic, is full of hope. And then, then there was Bobby. Bobby shared his story. And he's been in ministry with Rick and Mick. That They're twins, by the way. But he's been in ministry with them for over 30 years. That just blows my mind. And his story is also filled with pain, beginning with the affliction of polio at a young age. And one thoughtless word by an uncle on the back stoop sent his life in a direction that would include addiction and loneliness and pain until his Savior scooped him out of the pit. You know, Jesus put skin on through faithful Christians who trusted in God in greater measure than they feared this drug addict in their midst. And it's a powerful story of salvation and hope and redemption. You know, Mick said to me that people need to hear Bobby's story because it tells us that until death takes us, no place is too low for God to pull us up from. And some of you out there need to hear that. You know, Bobby told me when he first began telling his story, he was he was afraid his story would just glorify his terrible choices. When in fact, it just glorifies God's greatness and his power and his ability and authority and willingness to redeem us. I, I wish... I could give, I, I could give it justice. What happened uh, on this Friday that I'm getting ready to tell you about in the retelling? Uh, I, I wish I could give it justice, but on Friday of Spiritual Emphasis Week, after hearing the gospel message in every session during the week, our students had the opportunity to tell their story on a mic in front of hundreds of their classmates from seventh through twelfth grade. So during the week, Rick and Mick would ask the question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, what are your chances of making it to heaven? And I want to pause here and I want to ask you that same question. I want to ask you to answer that question in your own mind right now. Settle on a number. Like if I were in front of you, looking you eye to eye, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, what are your chances of making it to heaven? Now students all over our gym answered that question in their mind too. And then Rick and Mick would go on to ask if I can show you how to bump that up to a 10. Would you be interested? Because if you're not a 10, you don't get in. Now, scripture is clear. So I want to I want to pose that same question to you. If I can show you how, would you be interested? So scripture is clear. We we need a savior because of our sin. We can never reach the standard of holiness due our God. God deserves the standard of holiness that is due him. But we can't ever reach that on our own. It's not in our nature. From the very beginning, we chose to sin. I want you to consider this. How many sins did Adam and Eve commit before they were separated from God's presence? One. How many sins did do we have to commit before we're separated from God? Just one. But God, God has made a way to bring us back into fellowship with him, has made a way for us to meet that standard of holiness that, that is due him. He's given us a gift because of his great grace. Grace. And and I know you probably hear that term grace a lot, but grace, and and maybe not able to define what that is. So grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And then you've heard mercy. Mercy is not giving giving us the consequences that we do deserve. And God offers us both. So let me ask you, if you could ever be good enough, if you could ever just try harder, Why would Jesus have to die? So here's what needs to happen. First of all, recognize your sin. It's in our nature. We just have to commit one. And then you need to repent. Now repentance includes a change of mind toward God. Instead of trusting in other ways to get to God, I'm going to look to him and his provision of salvation through Jesus. I'm going to change my mind that I can be good enough or, or anything, that I'm just going to change my mind and just trust that, that he will provide salvation through Christ. Repentance also includes a change of direction, by the way. Instead of doing what seems right to me, I will seek his way for my life. So you got to recognize your sin. You need to repent. You need to believe in Jesus, not just about him, but in him as your savior. And then you have to confess with your mouth that you accept this free gift. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And In relation to this gift, it comes from Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith it is the gift of God so that no one can boast. So maybe you have never confessed with your mouth. I had the opportunity during this confession time, the students would come down and pray for one another and love on one another in groups. And there was this one time and <clears throat> when everyone was on the floor and in the top of the bleachers was this young girl. And I had the opportunity to just go pray with her. She was kind of crying quietly. And I said, how can I pray for you? And she just said that I would, I would accept him. And I said, OK, let's just do that. So I prayed for her. And then I said, now say it. Say it. Use your mouth. Confess with your mouth. And she said it, and it was beautiful. It doesn't have to be a a specific prayer, a specific word. It is a confession, your personal heartfelt confession with your mouth. Jesus, you are my Lord. Uh, This is where the power of what happened next in the gym a few Fridays ago is that students began, again, to line up and to access the mic to tell their story. They lined up to share tragedy and mistakes and pain. They lined up to declare, earlier this week, I was a 5, but now I'm a 10. And it happened over and over and over. Um, um, an associate of mine said that she came into the back of the room and leaned over to another teacher and said, Is this real or is this pretend? And the other teacher with tears in her eyes said, Oh, no, this is real. Y'all, God moved in the gym that day. But there's a verse in Revelation twelve eleven that says, They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They, the people who overcame, are believers. And who they overcame is Satan. You can go read it in context in Revelation chapter 12. But we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, Born on the, bore on the cross for us and the word of our testimony. We overcome the enemy by the sacrifice of Christ and the word of our testimony. We must speak it. We must write it. We must declare it. Yes, this may have happened to me, or I have may have made this destructive choice, but I overcome because of Jesus. I'm a 10, and I will overcome by not stuffing my story or continually being defeated by my past, but declaring God's grace and mercy and provision despite my past. Now, the Bible is one big story pointing to Jesus and telling us of his love, And his plan um, for our lives. And God's word is also filled with the stories of so many people that we can identify with and we can learn from, but we have to actually read them. (laughs) We have to kind of sit and consider them and look at them from new angles. And so my challenge is for you to become intimately familiar with the stories of God's word, that you can retell them, that you can see where you maybe meet up and and can see yourself in the story. You know, if I told you the story of a young man who grew up in a very dysfunctional family, you might be able to relate to portions of his story. And so I spent some time this week in 2 Samuel and the beginning of 1 Kings. I prayed about what I should share on the podcast this week because there's so many stories, you know, and I take it very seriously. I want to do exactly what God has told me to do. And I don't really believe that I have anything to say. I am, I'm just a vessel, really just a jar of clay that God, I just want to be an open vessel that he can pour through. But I wanted to tell Ruth and Naomi's story because it's just four chapters. (laughs) And the senior pastor of my church spoke about it last Sunday. And so I had some ideas in my mind already. I could use some of his points. I already had some ideas, but God kept bringing me back to Solomon. So here we go. Now, Solomon is not as straightforward as like a Ruth and Naomi. His is not a story that's told in four chapters. It's not easy to tie it up with a bow. In fact, I can barely scratch the surface and I suppose that's okay because what I really want you to do is read it for yourself. But you read about Solomon's birth in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 and 25, when it says, Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded so, the short of it is that Samuel was David and Beth, I mean, um, so- Solomon, excuse me, was David and Bathsheba's second child. After the first child died, as a consequence for David's grievous sin in taking Bathsheba for himself, even though she was married, and then having her husband killed by putting him on the front lines in a war. So, Solomon's parents had a baby before him that died. Now, there may be some of you listening that can relate to this. In fact, I have a friend who was born after a previous sibling had died. It's affected her life because it still affects her parents. Of course, this is, you know, their story oozes into her story. They don't forget the one who was lost. It leaves a mark. So after 2 Samuel chapter 12, if you keep reading, it seems to be, David's story, or even like some of his other children. But don't ever forget that though it seems to be the parent's story, that your story impacts others. If you're a parent, your story impacts your children, especially impacts your children. So when things in the family explode or implode, uh, children get hit with shrapnel too. So Solomon was loved by the Lord. And it was even in his name, Jedediah. And I just want to say you are loved by the Lord. You can make choices not to self-destruct. I pray that you will. But that doesn't mean that you won't necessarily be in a family that that won't have members that are self-destructing. So you very well may be in a a family with members self-destructing left and right. So I just want you to keep reading about Solomon's half-brother and sister. 2 Samuel 13, it seems to be a story about Solomon's brothers and sister. Amnon is his half-brother, and Tamar and Absalom are his half-brother and sister. All of them share David as a father, but Tamar and Absalom share the same mother too, okay? It's actually a pretty graphic description, and so I encourage you to read it for yourself. But the quick version is that Amnon begins to want Tamar for his own, but was unwilling to take a pure path, which, by the way, was offered to him. And then Amnon's despicable actions cause her great harm and pretty much destroys her life and then causes her brother Absalom to resent Amnon to the point that he makes a despicable choice himself. And this is where Solomon's story intersects with the story of his family members. So after two years, let me just set this up a little bit, but after two years of bitterness and rage building within him, Absalom invites all of the king's sons to a dinner at his house. Now, his plot was to kill Amnon. But if you read the story, obviously he was so crazy that it wasn't beyond belief that he would kill all of his brothers. And here's what happened. 2 Samuel 13 verses 28 and 29 says, Absalom ordered his men, Listen, when Amnon is in high spirits from drinking wine, and I say to you, strike Amnon down, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Haven't I given you this order? Be strong and brave. So Absalom's men did to Amnon with what Absalom had ordered. Then all the king's sons got up, mounted their mules, and fled. So when you read this story, and it's tragic, and it's, again, dysfunctional family at its worst, I want you to remember, we're considering Solomon's story. Now he is a member of, quote, all the king's sons. He was one of the sons. So how about that being a part of your story? You're already sad because of a dysfunction of your family. Then your brothers go and kill each other. And you are at the dinner and you have to flee for your life. Now, I want to tell you something. Listening to the stories of the students just a couple of Fridays ago, I am even more convinced that it is quite possible that there is someone listening right now that has experienced tragedy like this. There is hurt and pain In unmentionable measure. And I I just want you to know that there are stories in God's word that you may actually identify with that you didn't even realize were there. And so I wish I had time to go on and talk about the mass exodus from Jerusalem when David David let Absalom back into kind of the family a little bit. And then Absalom ends up rising up against David, building an army to the point that David and his whole family had to flee. When you read about that, don't forget, his whole family includes Solomon. Okay, so when you're reading this, think about Solomon. Interestingly enough, the Bible describes David as not Disciplining his children. It says um, of one of the relationships where it says he never even asked his son who chose evil, why are you doing that? Isn't that interesting? So here's Solomon uh, uh, living in a house uh, of King David, a man after God's own heart, who chose not to discipline his children and proofs in the pudding on how that worked out. So as you read 2 Samuel and you begin to read about Solomon's choices as an adult, you go into first kings as you read about that his wise advice in proverbs and ecclesiastes i want you to consider his beginning consider what happened to him as a child consider what happened to him as a young adult and how those may have affected his choices as a man you see uh, in first kings chapter 2 uh, it, the time had drawn near for david to die and he gave this charge to solomon he said i'm about to go the way of all the earth so be strong "...act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to Him, and keep His decrees and commands, His laws and regulations." as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. So isn't that interesting? He is telling Solomon, you follow these rules and you teach those behind you to follow these rules. But it's so funny because David did not discipline his children. And so it's just uh just fascinating. Solomon grew up in that kind of environment. And I want to introduce, I know I'm going long this week, but I want to introduce two bites this week. Uh, B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. I try to introduce... One exercise, at least one exercise a week uh, to help you try new things to interact with God's Word. Now, this uh, one is uh, one that I've used uh, often, and that is to read... And keep on reading. Now, the reason I've urged you to do this on many episodes is that you can get engaged in the story. I don't want you to think, okay, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to read um, Solomon's story in Second Samuel, starting in Second Samuel 12. I'm going to read a chapter a night. Don't do that. Set a time frame. Set a set a clock. Maybe 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes. Maybe 20 minutes, even 30. And just read the story. Read it and keep on It reads like a story. You can get caught up in the dynamics of this crazy dysfunctional family. So Bible interaction tool exercise number one. One way to take a bite out of scripture is to read and keep on reading. But not by chapter. Read by time. Now the next bite is to write out your story. If you told me your story, would I hear hope and love? Can you tell me that you're a tent? You will overcome by the blood of Christ, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. But so many of us have never taken the time to write out our testimony. Now, mine includes tragedy as it relates to those I love. Mine includes cancer and, and not for me, but people that I love had cancer. People that I've loved ha- have committed suicide. People that I love ha- have been in, um, divorced all of which all of this has affected my life. But my story is one where my heavenly Father captured my heart from the beginning, and when he told me he loved me with an everlasting love, I believed him. And when he told me that I could know him more by reading his word, I believed him. And when he told me that I could have blessing in exchange for my obedience, I believed him. So what's next? Read and keep on reading. Start in 2 Samuel 12 through 1 Kings, the first few chapters. And 1 Kings 11 is when Solomon dies. So read that to see the story of Solomon. Consider the similarities in Solomon's life to your own. Maybe you have a, a few dysfunctional family members. And then write out your story. You will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And you want bonus points? Share your story with someone else. You never know how God might be able to use it. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at MichelleNeesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Amy from Mississippi, Sherry from Utah, Janet from Minnesota, Tina from Kansas, Randy from Arkansas, Jan from Australia, Jody from New Jersey, Zuri from Texas. Uh, Jennifer from New York, Megan from Texas, Lydia from Brazil, Becky from Minnesota, Donna from Tennessee, Carol from New York, and Ole Ling from Singapore. These are my newest subscribers to my website, welcome. Now the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week, and in that email you will get a weekly Memoryverse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out and put it wherever is convenient for you to review. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, and instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes or Stitcher Radio for those of you who have Android. And while you're there... Please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Joy of the Lord by Wren Collective. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 113. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.